0: We've been waiting so long. The season's finally here. So get up and cheer. Cause Deus Drunk is here. No need to fear. The wind's now gone. So farewell so long. Cause Steel's Drunk is all. Alrighty, folks. Um welcome back to the second installment of season two of Timberwolves Talk. Um I'm Chris, and that's Peyton, and we are so glad to be back for this offseason edition. Um, we covered a lot last episode, but I we do did? think there's definitely some more stuff to cover, especially on the Ben Simmons front, and I honestly there's a lot more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, right now being in the off season and kind of like the dead zone of the NBA season, um, there's not too much to talk about, but I think we have a really interesting episode here and we can kind of dive into things that we wouldn't usually be able to dive in because we'd have other news. I think we can get more detailed on some other things and yeah, I think starting off with the Ben Simmons news, there's kind of a big explosion about and the news. I, I don't even know if it was really like that much breaking news. It was kind of stuff we already knew. But um, yeah, what can you break down kind of what what news you saw?
0: Yeah, I think it was. um I'm not exactly sure if it was a tweet or if it was on one of the um one of the NBA programs that ESPN or I think it was. whoever put out, um, but they sometimes do that. Like they'll take quotes from the shows or whatever. And there's a quote that came out from Shams a couple of days ago, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday. And it said the Timberwolves are still heavily invested in one of the top teams. No, it, um, it said they were the most interested team in Benson. Most interested team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're still heavily involved in talks with the Sixers. But um, like you said, that's definitely already, pretty known information like we we kind of already knew that and I think the same thing still stands with the Sixers and the Ben Simmons situation the asking price Daryl Morey is trying to get for Ben Simmons in everyone's opinion is way too much like three to four first round picks and young prospects for a borderline star at the moment is extremely difficult to uh kind of make happen especially with teams that are already kind of a little bit nervous about the last postseason that Ben Simmons just had being scared to shoot layups and (laughs) four-foot jumpers they're not willing to give up the whole franchise for that
1: right (laughs) but um a thing that Darren said about I think Darren was the one who said this I don't know if it was Darren or Shams basically the same thing but um what they said was uh that the Timberwolves are going to need to get a third team involved because as we've, as our uh, upper management has said, we're not going to trade Debo, We're not going to trade cat and we're not going to trade ant. So we're going to have to get a third team involved if we want to make a move for Ben Simmons. And there's also reports saying that we're just going to wait it out. And at some point he's going to have to lower his expectations because Ben Simmons, let's face it, is not going to play for the 76ers ever again. And i there's even reports that he's not going he to even report to camp. So
0: yeah. There's two, there are two things to dissect that you mentioned. First was the, um, the, uh, the waiting it out or first was the third team has to get involved for the trade. And that's very, it's an interesting piece of news because that really does tell the story of what the Timberwolves want to give up. They're not going to give up any of the three players they believe are on max contracts are going to be on max contracts, which include ant D'Lo, and cat. So those players are untouchable at the moment, as you just heard from that quote. So that leaves pretty much Malik Beasley, who's, Obviously we're in a tight cap situation right now. I think we have $4 million of luxury tax that we can dive into. Um, And that's, that would be just enough to sign, resign Bando. Um, But it goes to show there's going to be There's going to need to be a third team with a little bit more cap space. That's going to have to take Malik off the hands or some of the prospects and the Sixers will get the picks. So that is a really interesting part. And the other one is the waiting it out. I think, that is the boat every other team is in right now. And mm-hmm. I don't think the Sixers believe the wolves are the front runner right now for one huge reason. And that's because the trailblazers, I think are still in the sweepstakes with the whole Damian Lillard situation. Like he said, he wants to stay right now, but if the blazers do what they've been doing for the past, what, seven years being mediocre, well, I mean, okay, not mediocre. They're not better mediocre, than but if they, I, if I would trade,
1: I would trade to be a, a Blazers
0: fan. Anyway. Oh, I agree, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But if they're stuck in that five, six, mm-hmm. seven they're in the worst range, one of the worst spots to be. They're, yeah, yeah, they're they're stuck in the mud at like that mm-hmm. five, six, seven seed again. And deal and Damian Lillard's getting cold feet in the middle of the season. You could see that trade go down potentially. But mm-hmm. for that to happen, Ben Simmons needs to report to training camp. <laughs> and at the moment, the reports are he's not going to report to training camp. Is, is what so, we've heard. So the, one, one more to add, one more thing to add yeah. on that too is that puts Mori in a terrible situation. The wolves and the, it puts in the, the wolves in the situation they want to be in, they want to be in this situation where it's going to force his hand to, you know, lower the expectations of Ben Simmons.
1: So, yeah, I want to ask you a question about something you said. So if Ben Simmons doesn't report to camp, he can't be traded like midway through the season.
0: I'm not sure. Is that, is that a, uh, no, that's just that a, what I thought. I thought that's what
1: you said. Cause like, well, I mean he could just sit out the see, Like he could like hold no, out. No, that's what
0: I'm that's what I'm saying. Is if Ben Simmons isn't gonna, you know, go to training camp or report or take texts from teammates, he's gonna like, trade it before the season. That okay, the Sixers yeah. can't afford to have that happening with when they still have the best center, in my opinion, in the league mm-hmm. and a lot of good young pieces and a lot of vets in place for this year to win. So they need they cannot afford to have another 76er-esque season which they've had in the past they can't afford that right now they need a piece so if that piece entails malik beasley jade mcdaniels two young blossoming players and future first i think they would jump on that to salvage a season and keep building upon that or they'd risk you know i don't know i don't know would you you wait till the middle of the season to acquire lillard and put yourself in that bad of a place
1: that's a big if like i don't even know if that could even go down at the middle of the season so yeah like so the, the, it's going to come down to they're going to get right up to the season and they're just going to take probably the best offer that fits their needs and are we going to be able to give them the best offer and I'm kind of doubtful about that I think I think that other teams might be might
0: be able to give them a better offer than Malik Beasley, Dayton McDaniels and a few picks you know what I mean yeah and I I've seen obviously some some of the teams are out that are interested in Ben Simmons. Obviously, the Warriors and the Spurs mm-hmm. have the other two highest odds. I think the Warriors have the highest betting odds right now. Um, but yeah, the Spurs honestly are a slept-on trade package. I mean, Jante Murray, Keldon Johnson. They, you know, if they can offer up two first-round picks, that's really intriguing too. Two great two-way players who are super young. Ben Simmons would probably fit the San Antonio culture. Oh, I mean, Poppy doing, would, love that, would love that, dude. Um, but I think the other thing that's being slept on right now is Philadelphia sports as a whole and their fan base. Do you think Philly is going to want to, you know, just let Ben Simmons sit and not get nothing out of it and lose? I don't think Philly fans can take that.
1: No,
0: um, and There's going to be extreme pressure on Maury from the city of Philadelphia to keep this team winning because – in my opinion, the 76ers have one of the best constructed rosters in the whole NBA. It's just, I, it sucks to say, but Ben Simmons just doesn't fit that team at the moment, what they're trying to do. They're trying to space the floor and he, he he does does not space space the floor. floor. I'll just say that nicely. He's not, he's not much of a floor spacer. Yeah. And what the wolves are looking for right now is they they have a lot of players who can space the floor well, but they have no interior defense or perimeter defense. So I, I, it'd be a great fit. It'd be a great fit. I, I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm, I'm very hopeful. This
1: next topic I got for you, I didn't tell you about it before. I um, I was searching for Wolves news on the internet, and I came across this article by uh, Paul Landgan. It's on um, dunkingwithwolves.com. You ever heard about that? hmm Yeah, so it's kind of a, a debate. Which um, which of the new players that the Timberwolves have added in the offseason, basically Pat Bev or uh, Torian Prince, are going to be more impactful this season on, on the Wolves? Now, I got, I got some numbers for you from last year just to kind of help you along. So, Pat Bev averaged 22 minutes a game last year. He shot 39% from the three and averaged uh, 0. 0.8 blocks. Torian Prince also averaged 22 minutes. Um, he averaged 40% from three, and he had 0. 0.7 blocks a game. So, who do who do you think is going to be more impactful?
0: That's a good question. I uh, like yeah. I like getting put on the spot. Um, there you
1: go. Yeah, I didn't want to give you any – uh. Any time to prepare
0: for that? You know, what I can say is is I can say they're going to be impactful in um, certain different types of ways. And obviously, I in, in my humble opinion, I think probably Patrick Beverly is a more well-rounded player, but mm-hmm. we are extremely guard heavy at the moment, and we have guards who can fill some of the same roles as Pat Bev. Obviously, they can't fill the intensity of the defense, but they can fill the shooting of Pat Bev. Um, but what we don't have is a large group of versatile wings that can play three and D. Um, and that's exactly what Torian Prince gives you. You you just read off 40% from the three-point line. That's exactly what we're looking for mm-hmm. off the wing because our wing shooters previously, in Akogi and Culver, are the opposite of that. They cannot yeah. shoot the three. So I think Torian Prince will be one of the most impactful off-season acquisitions in the nba in the nba wow our wow. second our second team with him running one of the wings i think will space the floor because i don't know if you were seeing it as i was seeing it but our second team could not shoot the ball like no. whatever happened that is when the offense went stagnant but that's when we started playing good defense so torian prince comes in knocks down a couple of those threes um a few of these,
1: a, a few of the Akogi threes that he had wide few open those in the corner.
0: Ak- yeah, a few of those 0 for 22 Akogi threes. Like, if he knocks in seven of those, man, that's game changing. That's, that's, that could make your record from like 0 and 4 to 2 and 2 or 3 and 1. Right. Some, like, we at the end of the season started losing games by single, single possession games. I mean, we were competitive most of the second half of last season. So, a couple more of those threes drop in. Um, that couldn't have been made by our past wings. I don't know. I think Torian Prince is going to be extremely impactful. Not that Pat Bev won't. I think he's going to bring some um, awesome defense to the backcourt. But I think Prince is going to have definitely the most impact within the statistics that you were talking about.
1: All right. Well, I, I kind of want to disagree with you, and I didn't. I didn't, didn't only need to be at those statistics, but um, I think I think Pat Bev is going to be way more impactful than we could ever imagine. I think it's not going to be in the numbers. It might not even be in the minutes that he plays. He might not even play many minutes for the Timberwolves, but I just think off the court, he is going to be so impactful on these young guys in practice. He's going to bring an in intensity to practice because I don't know much about Pat Bev, but I, I think I know his character well enough to know that he's not going to half-ass it at practice. You know what I mean? Like if he's not 100%. playing, he's going to pick those guys up full court, all practice long just to try to compete for a spot. He's not going to back down. Yeah. So I think just having one player like that in the locker room, and we mentioned this last time, Pat Bev has never, or he's brought every team he's been on to the playoffs. I don't know, is this that, has he never missed the playoffs or he's brought every team to the playoffs?
0: I know in like the past seven years, he's been in the playoffs every single year. I'm not sure about his whole, I'm sure he hasn't been in the playoffs every single time. But in his he's,
1: he's went with every team. I
0: think I saw that. But yes, with the Clippers, he's been in the playoffs every single
1: Yeah, every I single think year. just adding a adding a, a vet with that much intensity, just having that in your locker room, I think that's going to be so impactful. And Prince, Prince may very well be more impactful on the court, but I think Pat Bev, is going to be something that we can't even imagine. Like we can't even think about how impactful he's going to be on these young guys.
0: Yeah, I th- I think um I think Pat Bev has a little bit of that Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala syndrome. The dude is always in like the playoffs somewhere. Right. Like He's you uh, you see him on TNT every single time the playoffs come around. Mm-hmm. He's always doing something impactful in the playoffs. Yeah. Every single time you see Jay Crowder, hit, yeah. he's hitting a always. three. He's hitting a huge three. He's in the always NBA finals yeah i mean (laughs) you notice jay crowder on the floor the same way you notice pat bev on the floor they're both very intense guys who have that winning mentality and that they're great locker room guys they're always going to pick you up when you're down they're always going to be the first guy to get in someone's face when you get pushed down it's exactly what the wolves need they need a little bit of more of that toughness i think um and that's exactly what torrey prince brings too he's a really intense guy and um i don't know i i've i've like we said in the past episode, if ever, if anyone watched, we Peyton and I love these small acquisitions. They don't mean a lot at the moment, but there's one there's of one two scenarios. We're going to get two very consistent guys who have shown good play throughout their entire career, who do the things that they do well. They can't do a whole ton, but what they do, they do well. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to flip them into a greater good, whether that's yeah. Ben Simmons or another player. I'm I'm stoked about these off-season acquisitions. I know it seems like it's not a lot, but I think a lot more Wolves fans should be grateful for what we did. And people are figuring about the seven million dollars. I think we have three or three or four million cap space and we can go into the luxury tax seven million. We cleared space to re-sign both of our restricted free agents if we want, or just re-sign another debt piece.
1: Yeah. So um it's something you were talking about before we went live. Was so what exactly has Gerson flipped Robert Covington into?
0: Yeah. I I don't have the list like directly in front of me, but Robert Covington and those that protected pick, the one that we traded out of to get to. Um, so you remember we got that Brooklyn Nets pick, the 17th overall pick in the draft last yep, year.
1: Last year. And we
0: flipped that into two more players. So For Robert Covington and like Shabazz Napier and a second round pick, I believe we flipped that into Malik Beasley, Jane McDaniels, Pat Bev, Torian Prince, and another second round pick. I think Mm -hmm. Gerson, I mean, that that's ridiculous. That's legitimately ridiculous. Malik and Jane McDaniels alone. I, I would argue that, well, I wouldn't even, argue. Malik is more valuable than Robert Covington and a second. And I would also argue Jane McDaniels is more valuable than Robert Covington in a second. So just those two players alone that he managed to get within the trade and the draft for the pick he got. Plus, oh, I didn't even mention that. We got Balmero too. We haven't even seen what Balmero is. No, we haven't even seen that yet. And dude, there's a lot of hype around Balmero. Like there's
1: low key, like people are saying he's going to be a very special player. I don't know if you've seen his highlights, but he's different yeah. he, he plays the game a little differently than i've ever seen before he's he's not going to fit into that
0: regular mold yeah i'm excited and before we go on about cuz i do want to talk about tomorrow, yeah yeah Humber, yeah, L- oh, yeah but like if you look at that list of players that is great g and and cap space we're, we we yeah. keep forgetting about this we're in cap conundrum right? for the past 4 years we haven't been able to sign anyone <laughs> like right we're locked down and what we have managed to do is very good since Gerson came in like just think about the wolves with like young Ricky Rubio like old Al Jefferson Kevin Martin like we're in a better place now we're yeah in a better place to there's light and I hope I don't know whether this gets flipped or whether it doesn't I'm really happy with what we're going into for next season I agree man I agree so yeah let's get into Balmero um I think I saw on the
1: 18th of August that he uh, just touched down in Minnesota and um from what people are saying, he he still there's a chance he might not sign with the team this year. He might do a few more years overseas, one or two more seasons, and we'd still have his rights. Or he could end up signing with us this year, and he probably won't get many minutes. But either way, I think just having a player like that stashed away is just you can't go wrong with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like it's kind of another Ricky Rubio story almost, like a overseas guard who is a very good passer and who's got a lot of raw skills and height and intangibles. Um, it's interesting because when you were talking about who's more valuable right now, Pat Prince, Torian Prince, I, I, we didn't even really take into account Balmero. But if we want him to be the future at our backup guard position, then, I mean, maybe it is good for him to go play another year overseas while Pat Bev gets the majority of the one minutes and, you know, Noel and Malik take up those, um, wing spots. Yeah, it's it's just a thought. I mean, I would I would totally be down to let him develop another year overseas. We don't need him at the moment, and if he's getting first team minutes on a one of the top Euro League teams, one of the best teams in the world that's not in the NBA. I mean, I think that's a great opportunity.
1: I want to find his stats right now because I know he hasn't. He didn't really put up anything crazy. No. Um, he,
0: he only started to get minutes on the actual. Th- Team towards the end of their season, but there's a lot of cool assistant stuff that I saw clips.
1: Yeah, he's averaging like 1.8 in the Euro League on Barcelona. How old is he? He's pretty young, isn't he? I
0: believe he's 20. Can look that up, but he's either 20 to... or 21. So, yeah, he's really young. Um, yeah, he's 20 years old.
1: September 11th is his birthday, coming up almost 21.
0: But, yeah, yeah so, I mean, I I wouldn't mind if he comes over like a, like a junior in college. I think, I think those players are underrated right now. I really do. I think Davion Mitchell is going to be awesome.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Just and cause like- he's
0: just cause he's 21 doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player. Michael Jordan was 21 when he came to the
1: NBA. Right. And he has just so much, He's so much more NBA ready than these young prospects because most of these guys, when you draft them, they're not going to be impact players the first year. Look at Jade McDaniels. Think about if Jade McDaniels came into the NBA after being in college for three to four years, he'd be mm-hmm. a completely different prospect. Because right now we're looking at him as a raw player, and I don't know if that would be better for him or for worse. But he would, it would just be a completely different situation.
0: Yeah, I I 100% agree. um If we get the second coming of Mano Ginobili from from Leandro Balmero <laughs> Gerson, man, he he no, I, I trust Gerson, dude. I really do. I don't get how people are mad at this offseason I'm I'm still astounded by that fact. But yeah, I love it because. Like, if you if
1: you had any knowledge of the Timberwolves, like cap space, or like our current roster, you knew that we weren't going to be making many moves at all. Like, it was just a fact, you know? And people – what happened is exactly what we thought was going to happen. A few small moves here and there, and people are still finding a way to be upset. I think, I think that's kind of what I forgot about these Minnesota sports fans last year is that no matter what, they always just found something to be angry with.
0: Remember two to exactly. three
1: – Chris Finch coached two games and everyone was like, he's terrible. We need, it. we need to fire him already.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, I, it, it is what it is. Like at this point, you know, obviously we, you can't blame fans, but like no one has patience anymore. Like no one, can, no one can see the process is finally starting to happen. They're still stuck in the fact that we have continued to lose. And I think if, I think if you look real deep into it, I, I think it's here. I think we finally are going to be winning. I think there is going to be a winning season inbound. Yeah. I'm praying. I'm praying too, man. I'm praying too. Um,
1: another thing I want to go into, so uh, Bleacher Report, as you know, has been predicting the starting fives of all the NBA teams. So, for us, what, what would you guess Bleacher Report? I, maybe you saw it. I don't know if you saw it, but what, what would you guess they predicted our starting lineup to be?
0: Um, Did you see it, first of all? No, I haven't seen the I haven't okay. seen the Bleacher Report. If I were to guess what Bleacher Report would put together, I would probably say. I think they go with my lineup. I think they'd probably do D'Lo and McDaniel's, Vandy, and Cat. We'll do. Well, hold on, before I submit my final answer, before I submit my final answer, are they considering if Vanderbilt resigns or not? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't think so. He's not the starter. They're not
0: concerned. I don't think so. So I'll do, if that's with these, if he's with the team, that would be mine. But if he's not with the team right now, I would guess they would say D-Lo, Malik, Ant, McDaniels, and Cat is what I'm assuming they would say.
1: Yep. So they, yeah, they said D-Lo, Ant, and then they put Beasley at the three, which I think that that could run into some issues. And then Jaden at the four, which I also think that could run into some issues. And then Cat at the five. So it's just kind of like the classic Bleacher Report. Like they – you can tell they do a few Google searches and then they put it out because they got to do all the teams. They're not going to go in-depth. And
0: I would say that would be my fourth quarter lineup if I needed to bucket. Yeah, I think for I sure. trust those guys the most. It's just the fact of the matter is that lineup has such an awkward split. It's like you have your seven-footer at the center and you have that 6'10 guy, but he's super lengthy and skinny. And then it cuts off from 6'10 to 6'4 and below. Like, you have no length to defend these. You If you were to play that lineup against the Clippers or <laughs> a Lakers with their type of physicality and height, that would just be bully ball. Like, I don't know what the heck could happen. That's why you, I, think you need, I think you need length at the wing position, especially mm. for this Timberwolves team, who already is, I think, very good at stretching the floor. Um, I do also believe, though, that Ant is a – he plays bigger than six four, six five. I think he, I think he does. His defense is not great. No, no have, not his, not his his great is an overstatement.
1: Fire. Not great is an
0: over. He, he, is. He's not good. He is very <laughs> bad. He not very. He's bad at defense. He's he needs improvement. See, this is the thing though. I don't think he's bad at defense inherently. I think his athleticism can make up for it. He's just lazy on the defensive end. <laughs> yeah, like, when he actually, when he tries, he locks people down. Like when yeah, he, yeah.
1: You can tell when he clicks into that second gear when he gets competitive, yeah. but, like, sometimes he just gets beat back door, and you're like, <laughs> it, well, come on. His
0: on-ball defense is fine, though. I don't have any issues with his on-ball defense. His off-ball defense is horrific. So, yeah. I don't know. That's a weird lineup. I. Uh, it's all right. I love I it, length. I do. <laughs> I think it's... Pause. <laughs> <was. laughs> oh,
1: dear. Classic, oh, dear. classic dear. Chris moment. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But I think that lineup. I think I think that lineup is our five best players.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, I do. I do think so too. I think I think that those five are are. are um, <laughs> I can't. All right, good now. Got it all out. That was funny. I think those five are our best players, though, that I would end the game with. But. On the counter to that, are we going into that last minute down or are we going up into the last minute right. up? Because if
1: you're going into it up.
0: I I don't want those players in it if we're up by like five. I can tell but you. But maybe
1: that. free throw shooting that might be your best best bet. Because I'm not putting a Kobe out there.
0: Or I Vandal. Mean, I'm not putting Vandal. Yeah, substitutions are super fluid in the last minute too. There's fouls right. people keep right. checking in and out. But like you're right. You no, know, maybe people – I was thinking about this the other day when we were talking about it, and I might have mentioned it. I think people put way too much, like, thought into these lineups. Like, I feel like – Yeah. <laughs> I'm always on, like, the – I'm on the train of, like, what feels right in-game, just do it. Like, if something feels fluent, like, if you feel like we need Malik for some situation, just put him in the game. I don't think any lineups need to be fluent throughout throughout the season or well, game-to-game. I don't well, think lineups need to stay stagnant.
1: This is where we ran good. into problems last year, dude. This is exactly what fu- what messed, messed us up last year was Ryan Saunders goes into there with these analytical robotic lineups that is pre-planned mm-hmm. before the game. And he's doing the same crap. He's making a starting lineup. He's got people coming in at certain minutes, no matter what. He has no game feel. And that yeah, I agree. that is what makes a coach up to the next level. They have a game feel. So, like, I would always get so pissed when this would happen to me when I was playing. If you make – Two or three shots in a row, and then your coach takes you out right after that. Like that just doesn't make any sense. And they they do it because they have a piece of paper in their hand that says, you come out of the game at this time and this sub and all that. No, you gotta you gotta be you gotta trust yourself as a coach to where you can read the game and make decisions as it comes. You can't have that. That that can't be pre-planned.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like there's different situations that are gonna need different people within them and obviously you have to manage minutes for star players but like if cat's getting a little tired but if he's just exposing his mismatch on and on and on like you can't take him out of the game if we're if i'm losing a couple minutes in the fourth quarter if he's like gassed in the fourth quarter i don't care i'd rather have a gassed cat than a nas read right i mean like i don't know and plus that cat who you kept in is probably going to Change the game later in the fourth because he's going to put up more points.
1: Exactly, that's a great point. Um, I do I, for me, for some reason, I guess I, I just want to say this this kind of starting the lineup I want to go with to start the season. As of right now, um, I want to give a shout out to uh, English Level Seven on YouTube. He commented it. He said his starting lineup is and Ant, j JMac, and Cat. And then he put in parentheses though by a Kogi only 20 minutes a game, and then six man is Beasley. So Beasley's getting most of the minutes, but you give a Kogi to start, and then Beasley's getting he's getting more minutes than a Kogi in the end, but he's coming off the bench, and he's kind of so the way I I would see that lineup going is you start the game, and then about five six minutes in you take Kogi out and then let Beasley play with the starting lineup for a little while. And then when the starting lineup gets tired, you keep Beasley in there and then bring in some of the bench guys. So he he works with both units and can lead the, the bench line. So that's just kind of how I think that would be. Yeah, nice I, I
0: like that thought. Or and you could
1: switch team, out a Kobe with Vando if that's if that's how you.
0: Yeah, team, teams have definitely, like, done that in the past, too, working very good. Like, um, the Lou Will situation when he was on the Clippers, like Lou Will would play most of the game, but yeah. obviously didn't start. So I think well, they just did that to get the slow. award for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like that. I like bringing some defense off to, uh, onto the court right away. Um, you know, especially since most stars in the league today are going to be guarded by a Kogi when they're playing us.
1: Right, he's just that good of a defender. I know we can hate on him offensively as much as we want, but he—he he is a top, top, fifteen, top, thirteen defender in the NBA. Could you say that, or is that? I could, I could, I could
0: he's... get behind that. I think it's good too. I think he can guard one through three like mm-hmm. perfectly. He he fits the mold for every one through one through three. But when. Obviously, I I don't buy into the Josh Kogi having like a six ten wings or like what is it? What was that? There's a funny stat last year everyone kept bringing up when we when Ryan would put him at the four <laughs> when he's like yeah he plays like he's six ten because of his wingspan or something like that. That's, like, that's something Ryan. We don't we don't we like to forget what Ryan said. But I do.
1: <laughs> I remember last year, dude, when um Demar DeRozan he cooked a Kobe. Remember that game, remember dude? That. Demar DeRozan looked like. Michael Jordan, and that's because
0: Demar is like a sneaky giant shooting guard. Like he is six yeah. seven, pushing six eight. Like he is a long, like long player. He plays like that. He's he's just that guy who shoots the mid range over anyone. He's not going to be able to be defended by a, a regular two. I think we forget, dude. Like I
1: think that was one of the best performances anyone had against the Timberwolves last year.
0: That fourth he quarter, DeMar. In the
1: fourth, he was, we thought we were, we were, weren't we up? Weren't we running away with that game? And I think so. That was stuff? when we weren't winning much, and like we were playing well, but it was at that point in the season where we would like play well and then just find every single way we could to lose the game. And I just, mm-hmm. I was so disappointed at that. I was like, damn. I didn't. I thought, I thought DeMar
0: DeRozan was washed, but no, he's not. Okay. Oh, I got a I I actually got a really good thing I wanted to bring up. What was your favorite moment? last season favorite moment from last season i got mine like crystal clear like i I got what you got um well i'm honest the one moment that really
1: sticks out to me was kind of like when anthony edwards really like became that player we loved is i think when he when he went up against lebron james and made that three right in his face i think that moment and like that whole game he he went off and like that that i remember that vividly i don't know if that's my favorite moment but that's definitely
0: a moment that sticks out to me that i really like mm-hmm. about definitely my, my favorite moment for sure was um was when we were in florida for spring break or whatever right. and we were playing the suns and yep. that was a barn burner of a game like the fourth quarter was insane and i think like didn't ant have like 42 and dude yes that's cat when like
1: Hat both had 40
0: cat and Hat were playing the pick and pop game and like we were just going off that was such a fun game to watch and like I I just remember that was so back and forth. Like we won by three with like like free throws or something. That was such a good game, and that's what made me realize. Like, I think that's what made me realize that it's gonna be cat and ant, uh, cat and ant, not cat and Delo. That's the game I realized. Was Delo? Did he play that game? I believe that's when he was injured for the second time. Okay.
1: Yeah. So did they both have forty or did they both have thirty? I
0: think. I, yeah, I think Ant had 42 and Cat had 40. That was the first time that season that there was 40 40 duos. I think. Yeah. I that say.
1: Was, that, that's what I'm That's it. You brought up a great point. That's when we knew like Ant was going to be more than just like us. Like that's when we really saw his potential as a rookie that's doing
0: all, that, dude. Yeah, that's also that was the when the stat came out that him, LeBron, and KD were the only rookies to score over 40. Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah those, yeah those are both great and i like how they both have to do with ant man that's just how you know that he's kind of he's kind of the the fan favorite right
0: now yeah, yeah i mean that was i i guess that kind of segues into the next topic i wanted to bring up but since i i kind of said that's when i realized like it's going to be cat and ant instead of cat and deal though what would you who are your top five timberwolves on the timberwolves right now ranked ranked from mm-hmm. uh Rank five, five to ten or
1: one to, one to five?
0: How do you, how do you want to What you should probably start with one just so you can work your way up and keep thinking of players since we can't run them down. But,
1: right, are you gonna do um, you want me to go off
0: potential or this right
1: now on today? Who is the best five?
0: I think talent and potential. I really, oh, I, yeah, man. I think talent and potential. Who's your best five? Who's your best five? Timberwolves, all right. So, number one. Or what, you think. know what? It, it doesn't even have to be that. Just off what, what are you feeling? What are, okay. Whatever you feel is your top five Timberwolves, right. whatever that means.
1: It's personal choice. All right. So, number one for me, I'm going to go Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. I think that you can't, like, yes, Ant has a lot of potential. Yes, he's a fan favorite, but Carl Anthony Towns is the best player on this team right now. He's the most important player on this team right now. And if we did not have Carl Anthony Towns on the team, we wouldn't have much. So that's why he's my number one player. Number two, this is where it gets really hard. And I wish I had a little bit more time to go into this, but um, D-Lo or Ant? I I think I'm going to go with Ant. I think that I'd rather have Ant on the team than D-Lo. And so like, if you were to say, get rid of Ant or D-Lo, I'd get rid of D-Lo. And then three, D-Lo. Just because he's he's the third wheel in that in our superstar tandem. He's like he's kind of the borderline superstar. We don't know if he has that potential still or if he's just gonna be a, a star. Um four. This is where it gets tricky. You go, I'm gonna go Beasley. I think a lot of people forget about Beasley and how good of a player he is. So I'm gonna go Beasley at four. And then J Mac, five.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that'd be almost my list. I think I'm gonna switch one thing up actually. Right. So I will go cat number one too. Like he's our franchise cornerstone. He's still 26 years old, I believe. If if that, he might even be 25. Right? No, I think he is 25 right now. You can Kat? double check me on oh, that. Oh, I'll go check right now. I, um, but while I keep going, obviously I cat's number one right now. Just 25. like 25, 25 years old. Felt like he's been here forever. Um, he is the franchise cornerstone he's the only reason we get some wins he's the best offensive shooting big in ever. nba history ever nba history his defense isn't there at times but i think his playmaking is starting to make up for it he is becoming one of the best bigs passing for sure i think he's better than NBA. i think okay no and cat um it, just everything is there He's the, he's the modern day big he is he is a team right now, and honestly, still has the potential to even be better if he just hones in a little bit more on the defensive end. I know we always say that, but like the potential's there. He's got yeah, he's he got has. the wingspan. He has the height. He it's there. It's just a mindset. I think mm-hmm. honestly, in today's NBA, is playing defense is a mindset. Um, number two, again, factoring everything in, I would go Ant as well. Um, yep. He's still 19 years old, or he just turned 20, I think. His birthday yeah. just happened. He's just actually younger 20.
1: than Chris and I, if you guys want to take that into account.
0: Yes, he is he is <laughs> younger than us. Um, <laughs> just the off-season videos, too, that I'm starting to like see on Twitter and stuff. Of
1: him shooting and shit at Georgia. He's Patrick. in
0: the he's he's that was one of the biggest concerns, you know, coming out. And well, he didn't I even like the basketball. More, the work ethic is more. Than there, and I don't know how people can't see that. He might. He, I think he has a better work ethic than Cat. I think he has. It's it's debatable, but who has a better work ethic than him on the Timberwolves right now, besides Pat Bev? I don't know. I don't think he could. I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know. know. He's got the dog in him. He, he does. does. I think. I think that in itself, that mentality is just is what propels him over Delo. I don't think mm-hmm. Delo's ever had that it factor to him. Obviously, I think he's cold-blooded and I obviously think he loves basketball. I just don't think he's ever going to be that type of physical player who's going to like get in your face and do that type of stuff. No. Um, their play styles are just different. I think I'd rather have Ant's play style than Delo's play style. Um, and just based off potential, Ant's pretty much five full years younger than D'Angelo Russell. Um, right. And already is starting to... There's honestly debate if he's better right now or not. Yeah,
1: so you got to put him, which he time. might
0: he might be. Yeah. Um, number three, I think this one's pretty easy too. D'Lo. Um, for as much as we like to clown on him, I feel like during the regular season, um, you, sometimes you really need those like 26 point nights from him and those big three pointers, and he he delivers most times. He's I think he's one of the clutchest players in the NBA. I agree. You don't see him missing a lot of crunch time shots. And I think he's also one of the best mid-range players in the NBA. Um, I think last year was sort of an off season for him, but he had multiple injuries. And again, it's just a new, it's a new team. Like he got traded yeah. halfway through the season, the year prior. So you're still learning a new, new offense, defense, plus COVID. It's going to be tough. So I think him in his full groove averaging 20 is definitely the third best player on the team and this is where i would switch with you is well i think malik is more valuable at this juncture i would say j mac would be my number four just for the just for the fact of his length and that we don't have that many wings on our roster at the moment right who can do what he can do he's the only player on the team that can do what he no one else can do what j mac can do right now not many players in the league can. no and so, if yeah, they can uh, do
1: it, they're superstars.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm
1: he – he's got very high potential. He might – very high ceiling.
0: Uh, a very high ceiling. And I think the people who just look at the stats from last year and see, like, what, it's probably, like, six points, something, points. Yeah, nothing. A um, couple rebounds, a block or so. Like, people who just look at that, I think, are doing themselves a disjustice instead of looking at maybe his shooting percentages because I think I – think I think two is honestly people underlook the fact that he improved from day one to the last day. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a borderline guy playing in the summer league to a starter with yeah. all within one season, a COVID season. He cool. did that with no summer league. He worked his way from a summer league player to a starter. And yeah. that in itself, I think, is a ginormous win for him. Yeah, it's crazy how
1: even the bleacher report is saying that he's going to be a starter on this team. That's how, you know, it. like it's starting to get out that he has a lot of potential and it's kind of, the, he's the real deal.
0: Yeah. So, and then obviously I'd say Malik at the five, he's, he's super valuable to us still. And he's going to be one of the most valuable bench players I think in the NBA. I agree. Definitely my sixth man of the year candidate, by the way.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's either him or Jordan Clarkson. If he doesn't <laughs>
0: start. That's right. Or Who, Lou Will. Dude. Did, Joker, did Clarkson or did Ingles win it this past year? Clarkson, Clarkson won it.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And then, or um, Jordan or Jamal Crawford might come back
1: and win another. <laughs> come one. back at forty-five and win one, win another six-man year. But yeah, I think that I don't know. I think we made the most out of this episode. I think we really got to talk about. I mean, yeah, like people say, like this is kind of the dead zone in the NBA season. It's kind of like the calm before the storm. Not, not many big moves are going to be happening now. And um, actually, Darren, I was listening to Darren say this. He said most execs in the NBA right now actually are going on vacation, taking some oh, time really? off. Yeah, except for – he said the Timberwolves, they can't – we can't really take a break right now because we still have to sign Vando. And, yeah, we still have a few things that we gotta, we got to do, so –
0: there's, you know, there's a lot of in- intricacies with the roster right now, like with all the people who played really well in the summer league and two mm-hmm. spots open on the active roster right now. Like,
1: yeah. Do you have any, um, anything you'd like to address from last episode? Cause as, I was, as most common as most people that are subscribed to us know that Chris, um, calls himself, Chris, the facts, Jansen. So he always likes to come with hundred percent, hundred percent of the facts, hundred percent legit facts. And he had a few slip ups.
0: I, you no, know, but okay. Listen to this though. So. Steph Curry's gonna miss a couple three wide open threes in the first game of the season. You know, oh, it's yeah. it's getting back into it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna miss a couple. I'm gonna miss a couple wide open receivers. I'm but, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up a couple names in my podcast. Chris,
1: but um, you said you said Carmel Anthony is the four the starting four on the Blazers still. When did I say that? You said it. You said. Uh, I don't know. I, you got called out in the comment section. You said by
0: um, I don't know who it was. You know, if I if I say that if I said that last episode, I'm thoroughly sorry. Um, I hope he plays good for the Lakers. It'd be kind of cool to see Mello win a ring. But I'm sorry. I think I called. So well, okay. But you can take some credit for this because you made up that right, right, and something nickname. Yeah, you made right? me
1: sound like a freaking idiot.
0: So what did <laughs> I say? So let's get this completely correct. We have McKinley Wright. Yeah. The four. Yep. He is the undrafted rookie we signed. Yep, from Champlain Park, um,
1: Minnesota, Colorado. Isaiah
0: Mil- Isaiah Miller, not Isaiah Wright.
1: Isaiah Wright's actually from last chance U. He's uh he has got,
0: got arrested for murder or something. Yeah. Isaiah Miller, sorry. Yep. He's also a UDFA who has like crazy bounce. Mm-hmm. I loved watching him in the preseason. And then the Hawks, the previous guy we traded with the Hawks for. Nate Knight. Nate Knight. Okay. Nate. <laughs> Perfect. You know? There we go. The thing is I gotta get to know those names because those three were my preseason performers that I really loved watching. So right.
1: Um a quick, a very quick segment. We're gonna do this quick segment and then we're gonna wrap it up. I think um just to show that we have the best comment section in NBA YouTube and all of YouTube. I think each week I mean, you should give a little uh, shout out to one fan in the comment section. Just say, hey, we saw your comment, or hey, we appreciate you watching. So for, yeah, I agree. for me today, um, I'm going to give a shout out to one of the OGs, uh, Greg Weasley. Um, he mm-hmm. always is in the comment section. He's always leaving that pinned comment. And yeah, just hope you're having a great time. Hope hope the wife is okay. Hope the kids are okay. Hope, you're, uh, hope the family's doing well, man. Hope you're tuned in right um,
0: now. My, I guess my comment of the week. I got a couple. I got right. two. I got two. All right. Um, this guy named Hendo. I think Hendo Hendo. Hendo. So Hendo. He's a, Hendo, thank you for joining the uh, the family here at Tim Rolls Podcast, Tim Rolls Talk. Um, you know, left a couple of great comments. I I went and looked at some of his stuff. He makes fun. some cool videos too. If you guys want to go check that out. I think he makes like highlight mixes and also like little nice. NBA, yeah. NBA videos like like us. Um and also um I don't think we've ever acknowledged him, or we don't really comment at him a lot. Um, I am Timberwolves fan. Thank you so much for leaving like twenty comments of video. Like
1: it, that really helps with the it really does. Us. It
0: helps the algorithm, and we love like seeing what you mm-hmm. have to say because like half the comments are praising our takes, and half are roasting them. So we we love it. We love the criticism. We do, and that that
1: keeps us on our toes because I know like. Especially like I I made sure to write stuff down today because I'm like, if I say something wrong, I am Timberwolves fan is going to call me out. I will hear about it from my mom because she'll read the comment section and let me know that I made a mistake. So, yeah, just want to give a shout out to those guys, man. I mean,
0: we love it. I think. I think that's a great place to end it. We we had no lagging throughout this whole episode and, you know, it would only be right to send it off with a little bit of lag. So yep. thank you guys so much for watching. A um, couple more clips this week coming. If you guys don't want to watch full episode, but if you made it here, you probably watched full episode anyway. Keep supporting us. Um, Big thing on the way.